0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic movie review podcast. I am hosting this week uh, without Bob. Uh, joining me for this episode is Cousin Jeff. Jeff, thank you. What's up? And Zach, how are you? Oh,
1: not too bad, buddy. Ready to talk some movies.
0: Awesome. All right, we're going to just, just jump right into this because uh, this is why everybody's here. It's uh, Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, uh, Star directed by Ryan Coogler and starring Letitia Wright along with Angela Bassett and, of course, a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. This movie begins on a very jarring note uh, with uh, essentially T'Challa's death. And the way I saw it, I saw it without any trailers because I was at a critic screening. And it it was so jarring, I wasn't sure the movie had started properly. I thought maybe somebody had mixed up the reels or something. It was very jarring the way they jumped into this. Was it the same way for you, Jeff?
2: Well, I mean, I knew that they had to do basically what they were going to do and they really i guess they could have deep faked chadwick boseman into the beginning of it but i think that based on how he died in real life that would have been just really too much Uh um i thought that you know i mean everybody knows almost everybody who's going to go see this movie knows that he is dead in real life and that he would have to be dead in the movie as well so Sorry. Yeah. Was, it,
0: was it jarring for you at, right at the start there
2: oh yeah
1: especially like that they they pretty much mirrored his actual death and that was I, I wasn't kind of expecting that i mean they were there were all these rumors and speculation on how they were going to kill him off and uh i i kind of pictured that they were going to have him in like some like kind of generic ass battle in the beginning and just have like show the suit and then like in my mind for whatever reason it was like that scene from like war of the worlds where the kid runs over the hill and the hill explodes like i was kind of expecting to do something like that but Mm -hmm. this was way better and i thought like i mean it it sucked like it was emotionally like it it, it hurt to watch but i feel like doing it that way was more respectful and actually kind of i don't know brought us brought us in on a somber note and Kind of pretty much just kept us there for a long fucking time.
0: <laughs> it, it continues from there into a silent opening. No Marvel music, none of the fanfare that we're used to. And I thought that was another very emotional choice. They also go with just uh, nonstop pictures of Chadwick Boseman, which, again, it's a lovely tribute. And the first portion of the movie is all about uh, laying the groundwork of of paying tribute to him, but also trying to build towards a story <laughs> that's going to be a, a Marvel Universe story, an adventure story. And what impressed me most was that Letitia Wright really stepped into that. I had a bad feeling about her coming into this, mostly just from the, the onset rumors about her not necessarily being the most cooperative person to work with. But uh, it, she really turned it around in this movie. I was really impressed by, by her performance. I was impressed by where they took that character the, the exploration of grief and revenge and and heartache the way she the way she goes through all that but then also is still up for adventure that was really that really impressed me and uh, but especially i was impressed by angela bassett who i think is honestly oscar worthy just as as queen ramunda she's so dignified and regal and gorgeous, but also just so powerful. Her, there, there's a scene with her uh, in front of the United Nations where she's talking about how people believe that Wakanda cannot protect itself anymore without the Black Panther. And <laughs> she's just, she's she's awesome in that moment. what do you think, Jeff? Uh,
2: well, we're going to, I, I was, guess we should preface that this is going to be spoilery, but um, I honestly thought for a minute that... <sighs> any of the characters could have stepped up and been Black Panther. Uh, She was phenomenal as always. I don't think Angela Bassett can really do anything wrong at this point. Um, I was disappointed that we will not see her in future uh, Black Panther movies. I think she really, um, she was kind of the heart of the movie. I think Letitia Wright is a fine actress and I think that she's, you know she's fully capable, but she needs a gr- something that grounds her. And I don't know if that, uh, you know, like a Koye or a Nakia will be that in future movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she always needs a conscience because she didn't have one after Queen Ramunda died. Yeah, she was, you know, she was ready for vengeance and all that, but she didn't have that grounding force keeping her. So
0: I felt that Mbaku was stepping into that, though.
2: A little bit yeah but he's he's never going to be her mother or her brother or her father or you know what what kondo is all about it was family and i guess he's the too.
0: he's an outsider too that's a good point
2: he's still an outsider Um uh, i think the closest thing that she has to family i mean aside from now the you know the uh mid-credits scene um was okoye
0: mm-hmm.
2: maybe nakia but she'd been so estranged from Nakia for five, six years that, you know, here's, here, here she is just still rudderless,
0: hmm. what you until the of?
2: very, very end of the movie.
1: Oh, I God, ah, Angela Bassett, man, holy shit! Like, like, the, like between like all the, the the scenes with her just throwing the hammer down, and then like the other like in between scenes where she's just kind of taking off her headpiece and letting her hair down, and God damn it. She just like, I had, she had my full attention every single time. And this is, uh, this is a long movie. This, this is pretty bloated. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like kind of parts where I, I felt like they could have cut down. Not any of them were scenes with Angela Bassett. Holy shit. <laughs> um, she was great. Uh, La- Letitia, right. Uh, right there with you guys. I fully didn't expect anything out of her. I, I liked her in the first movie and then COVID happened and (laughs) all that stuff on Twitter started coming out. And I was a little worried with them talking about not recasting T'Challa and being a comic book nerd. I'm like, ah, shit, they're going Shuri. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) But she won me over. Uh, I, I loved it. I love the, I loved her bonding with like Ironheart and like all the other like side characters so they're building building the bridges for later and all that but oh my god dude the the acting in this movie was unreal like unreal like Kugler Kugler brings out the best of these people and I I, I adored the hell out of it
0: I loved like, the Struck between between paying tribute to Chadwick Boseman and the and the sadness and the grief that's involved in every character in the movie, but also the adventure because I thought the action in this movie was pretty spectacular.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the action sequences are stuff that we've seen before, like the, the the boat scene with the people everyone on the rope swings and shit. Like we've we've seen that a million times, but I I didn't care. I loved it. Like <laughs> the uh, the clash between them and like the Tolokans that what they are. Uh they're they're Atlantean in the comics, so it's kinda um it's hard for me to worry. transition to that. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. I'm not that guy. But um it's uh I liked I liked how scary they made the, 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 the people in the water seem. especially like that opening scene where we're introduced to them when they're like doing the whole siren thing. Oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was just <laughs> beautiful.
0: Yeah, Jeff, uh, you want to talk about that?
2: Um. Well, first of all, I need to address the... the nipple situation with the Huerta Um Every time he was on screen, I just was fixated on his nipples, so I'm just going to put that out there. And
1: um, hey, they look tasty. I,
2: <laughs> I thought that the... I, I love I like what they did with Namor. I think that they had to, you know, be he's, he goes back so far and they just had, you know, there's so much history with him that they had to kind of ground it in something. And I think that because of what Wakanda kind of represents, that you know, it was it had to be set up the way it was. And I think that they did a phenomenal job. The siren call at the beginning was great, even though I for a minute, the sh- the uh, the ship, I was getting vibes from uh, uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I think I liked what they did that because it was, you know, that kind of oh, yeah. just out of camera range, somebody's going to get you. Um, I liked that they, how they honored the cultural differences between Wakanda and Takana, I Tanaka, I, I,
0: I called I him Atlantis. I, I didn't know any yeah.
2: better. <laughs> I mean, yes, let's. let's <laughs> let, let, yeah, um, I liked that they they had strong cultures in both sides, and they, you know, it wasn't whitewashed at all. Um, I think that, that that opening scene with Lake Ballard and the guy from Law and Order SVU, uh, I can't remember his name, but I thought, you know, they would be kind of the, the catalyst throughout the movie to kind of bring those two together and to have them killed off right at the beginning. I was like, Oh, holy shit. Okay. Well, not what I thought, especially with actors like that you recognize.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, I really love the setup <laughs> of it. What's that?
0: An old horror movie trick.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's oh yeah. The, I was uh, like, I assumed- Casey Becker. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was gonna say, like, as soon
1: as I saw Lake Bell, I, I turned to like my buddy I was watching I was like, oh shit, I didn't know she was in this. And then she was dead like a minute later. I was like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love Lake Bell, and I was a little disappointed to see her to see her go out so quickly in this movie. But uh it also set the it also sets aside the idea that, that they're going to be relying on anybody with with much name value. Not that she has a great deal of name value, she does among us, I guess, but um they, it it's interesting that when it comes to star power, there isn't somebody here who does step forward as a as a real superstar. Uh, not That's not a knock. I think it's a it makes it feel like much more of an ensemble. But in terms of star power, I didn't feel like anybody was stepping in and, and taking over.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, the fact that they they killed their biggest star halfway through the movie, I think that that, you know, that says all bets are off. Mm-hmm.
0: so yeah and it also provides an opportunity then that it gives more weight to Letitia right really having to step into that moment and and step up to that moment and i thought she really did and the moment when we get finally get to see her in the black panther costume i thought was that was awesome she looked fantastic she looked physical she looked imposing uh they they did a great job of uh giving her uh giving her the kind of strength that you could buy into as as a superhero that you know they. Bring back uh, all that they have to do to become Black Panther also helps. And uh just and her technological stuff that she's got behind her too also helps. Just that all of that was just great world building.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, oh god, her, her suit, man, like the, the gold accents on
2: it. It just looks so it looks so badass. Like <laughs> she, she looks dope. I would have liked to have seen her uh have to, you know, compete like Chadwick did in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I realized that we've been there. We've done that a couple times in the first movie, but it would have just been kind of cool to see her challenged. And that would, you know, then she would have to actually pull through and do it. Not that it was preordained or anything. Cause I think I kind of got the impression before I saw the movie that, Oh, well she was this in the comics. So she's just going to be this in the movie. And that's why, you know, there wasn't any big surprise, especially when you saw, I saw the last trailer and there was obviously a woman in the Black Panther suit. And one of my friends was like, oh, could that be Okoye? And I was like, no, it's definitely Shuri because that's what it is in the comics. Had there been some sort of, you know, because when Okoye was put out by Ramonda, maybe she could have challenged for the Black Panther. Uh Mm-hmm. You know, and said, "I'm I'm still worthy. I'm still." She's my favorite character in the in the Wakanda verse. Yeah. Um, I just because Danai Gira, you know, a fellow Iowan. Um, I she's amazing, but I I would have <laughs> liked to have seen that where she's like, you know what? No, screw you. I'm going to do this, and because of her feelings for uh, T'Challa and her feelings towards Wakanda, I think she would have been a fine. Um, that I know, that's not the story they're telling. They're telling, they're telling the story of Shuri having to step up and be Shuri, mm-hmm. you know, and be the Black Panther and do all the things that she's destined to do. I think that Okoye would have been a fine one, but that's just a little bias on my part.
0: On um, Lupita Nyong'o, probably the biggest star remaining in terms of uh, name value, in terms of somebody who's actually you know been an Oscar nominee, I uh, thought maybe also she might have a claim in there, but. I, they, they used her extraordinarily well uh, in how they used her, and I wouldn't change a thing about that. The one thing that didn't work for me and um, uh, was the whole Ironheart thing. I don't understand the character. I get the purpose of the character, but it seems a little bit rote and convenient in some ways that this character exists as she does, and uh, I just didn't buy into much of it. I don't think there was enough development there.
2: She should have been she should have been a character with Tony Stark. Mm. You know, he, he, she should have been introduced when he was still alive. So that that would have made a little more sense Yeah. instead of, Oh, I'm going to go to Wakanda and build an Iron Man suit. So.
0: Yeah. Zach, what'd you think? I,
1: I mean, I, I agree with Jeff on that. Uh, like they should have probably brought her. Did we lose that uh, sooner? Cause actually like
0: Zach, I think you're freezing up. I think we're losing you.
1: Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, ah, shit. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, good old century link. Um, <laughs> no. So, um, basically what I was saying was I, I do agree with Jeff on that. Like they, uh, uh, they should have probably brought her in sooner, especially like in end game. They kind of seemed like they were going to, bring in that one kid from iron man three and have him be the protege. And then all of a sudden they're like, they announced the iron heart show. They announced that she's in Blackheart and shit like that. And it's like, cool. Cause like, uh, in the comics kind of like her whole thing is like, she's like, you know, super fan iron man's dead at the time. She partners up with this like AI construct of him. And he's kind of like her mentor, but I like how they brought her in. It felt a little shoehorned. They had to come up with some bullshit excuse to bring her in. But like me being a big old comic book dork, I I I, I do love me some Riri Williams. I was I was pretty happy with that. I thought uh, I, I I had fun with her. Her her final costume. At first, I was like, oh, that looks dope. And then I kept seeing it, and I was like, that looks like a Power Rangers thing. That looks pretty I- weird.
2: It had serious Gundam energy for me. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I. I I... My problem with Riri Williams in this, it has nothing. I love her. I love the character. You know, I think she's going to be great. Is that the Marvel universe is so big now that we have to constantly look for a spot to introduce these characters, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense that she would be, um, you know, part of. The Wakanda I guess, um, the way Marvel is introducing things, I think that one of the one of the things for me was, yeah, she's going to be in all these TV shows and there's you know all this stuff, but we she almost felt shoehorned in, like she was just there to be introduced. She didn't really <clears throat> she didn't really do enough in this movie to be included in the movie. I think she would have been a great. Uh, end credit scene
0: yeah uh
2: i don't think that we necessarily if we're going to do a tv show for you know some secondary characters just introduce them like you did with she hulk or which was bonkers by the way oh. um, <laughs> um but you know just just introduce her just say hey i'm riri williams and you know they did the same thing for uh, miss marvel mm-hmm. which i thought was a great show um, I. Um I thought it was like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're watching a movie and there's a character who's just doesn't need to be there, just slightly doesn't need to be there, but adds a little bit. I think that's kind of, that's how I felt about Riri Williams. I was love I love seeing the character. Yeah. Cause I think it's a great character. I just was, you know, I was like, I don't know that she belongs in this right now.
0: Well, so I think, I think this, the plot fails her too. The idea that, that uh, Namor decides that he's got to kill her and doesn't really have enough motivation for me. Uh, yeah. the, I think, I think there's, I think it made him seem more unreasonable and he had to be more, he was forced to be more unreasonable uh, in that situation than, than was, uh, with, was backed up by anything I saw in the plot, but it didn't, it didn't hurt the movie for me but be, just because the rest of it is so strong. And especially because I think Letitia Wright is so very strong in this. She carries the whole thing for me. Um, let's get on to the post credit scene. I, uh, I, I was, I thought it was good. I th- I think people are a lot more shocked about it than, than I was. I thought it was kind of like, <laughs> kind of seemed a little bit obvious to me in a way, but I I, did, I wasn't blown away by it the way a lot of people were. what do you think, Zach?
1: Oh, I, I, dude, I called at the moment they said that like Nakia hadn't been there for six years. I literally looked over at our buddy, Tim, and I'm like, I guarantee you by the end of the movie, she's walking up with a six-year-old. Now, then, then naming him T'Challa, that was cool. Cause I was like, cool. Yeah. That way that's their, their way of, they didn't recast, but they can eventually, you know, 10 years down the road or through some timey wimey variant bullshit. They can bring in like T'Challa and do some T'Challa stories later. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I was kind of expecting a different mid credit scene. Cause like full, full disclosure, this whole movie Had spoiled for me about four months ago. This guy at work read some like super in depth leak and went on a very long rant to me, and I was pissed. (laughs) Like like, this was like before Doctor Strange. Like this was a while ago. I got told this. And the mid credits. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm glad he got moved to a different shift because I got to watch all of She Hulk without having anything spoiled, and I love that. Um, But uh, no. the mid-credit scene I was told about was uh, uh, apparently a little cameo from a little Doctor Doom, and I was pretty excited about that because I like literally once I once I realized about two thirds of the way in, I'm like shit. I know this entire like when they when I won't I guess I won't fully spoil it, but when big cameo happens in the uh, uh, the ancestral plane, I immediately was like fuck. I know this entire movie. But oh fuck! I know this entire movie. <laughs> I was like Doctor Doom, but it didn't happen. What do you think? Jeff? So, so, we got a, so we got a kid.
2: <laughs> I would. I I went in as spoiler free as possible. I did watch the trailers. Um, I you know like I said, I was pretty sure that it was going to be uh, Shuri as the Black Panther. I did not. Uh, I did. I just didn't see this coming. Um, I didn't see a. Uh, A child just based on based on the story that we've been told so far in the movie that this was Shuri and she had to come to grips with his passing and her mother's passing and all that, you know, she was going to be the, you know, the the main Black Panther from now on. But I think now the next Black Panther movie, they'll probably do a time jump or something. They'll have to do something and bring T'Challa back. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of go into Marvel movies now, not wanting to know and not really caring what they do as long as they do it well. So to me, that, that mid credit scene was kind of unnecessary. Mm -hmm. It got me in the feels a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay. You know, I thought that that was where she kind of came into her own as an actor, as opposed to, you know all the like. I am going to kill you. No, we have to work together. That whole stuff was like, okay, that was pretty predictable. But watching her mourn, I felt okay. She's kind of kind of come full circle from just like what are those to I am a truly developed character. So,
0: in terms of the uh, continuity, did this fit with the rest of everything we know about these characters? Like, where does the where does the whole Thanos snap thing come in with with now with to ch- I guess that doesn't really matter, or did nobody, nobody seem to mention that? It seems like that's well, that
2: they like- did mention it,
0: have overcome yeah. all
2: <laughs> they did mention it when, um, when uh, she goes and talks to Nakia and she's like, You know, when when Thanos snapped everybody away, you just left, yeah. And she and Nakia said, Well, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with him not being there anymore and then when he was truly gone i just there was no way i could do that so they did bring it up Mm -hmm. so you realize that this is six years after endgame and that he was only back for a year when he came back during endgame that he was only there for a year so this takes place a year after endgame from what i understood
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's like the first time we've gotten like actual concrete placement in the timeline post endgame because everything's been everything's been real weird like nothing's still no one's referenced the whole eternals like like celestial popping out of the water like there was the whole uh like statue of liberty thing that seemed to like they were kind of talking about it in hawkeye and then all of a sudden there was a thing and like spider-man so like the whole timeline's been weird like we, had, we just know pretty much everything we've seen has taken place after the the snap. So Mm -hmm. like, this is like, this is the first time they've actually established like an actual timeline, which is interesting, man. Does that, that,
2: does that remind me that they hate Eternals? Disney hates Eternals because (laughs) they don't reference it at all. Are we, you know, I do got to say, we, we went back and
1: rewatched that for like literally the second time last weekend
2: it's not as bad as I
1: remember. Like honestly, like I'm, I'm not like gonna put it on a pedestal or anything. I'm not gonna like cherish it. But going back to it, it was a lot better than I remembered. It's slower. It's not as exciting. But well, I I also want to know what the fuck they're gonna do with that. <laughs>
2: that well, do they? But my thing is, do they have to do anything? Can it be just a kind of a standalone peripheral movie? That, they, you know, fine. they have other stuff to do. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I want to see another one because I like everybody in the cast. I thought that, you know, they were all, they all did really well. I mean, I was a little kind of like, oh God, Harry Styles and Star Fox. Oh but, man.
1: We, uh, we, we Harry Styles fans in this house.
2: He's <laughs> Fine. He's, he's fine. He's just
1: creative. not, not great. No, you know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not definitive. I'm just, uh, you know.
2: Don't darling. Show that he has the, about the range of, you know, early Letitia Wright.
0: <laughs> <But> no, no. <laughs> Fair. Fair. He could get better. He could get better. I've, and, and in fairness, I haven't seen my policeman. I don't know if he's good in that or not. So, I, I, in all fairness to him, um, <laughs> so I I I loved Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I honestly really did enjoy it. I don't. It's not as good as the first one, obviously, but I think <laughs> I, it, it's the best movie they could have made based on the circumstances.
1: Yeah. yeah, I uh, I did feel the need to tell people going in just because everyone's so negative and like cranky about shit, especially Marvel movies lately. And, you know, especially everyone's kind of been on edge this past week because, you know, election. Uh, I did feel the need to warn people going in like, hey, this movie's excellent. But going in with tempered expectations. It's not the first one. This isn't. A Ryan Coogler movie. This is an MCU movie done by Ryan Coogler. And that's, that's, that's like probably my only gripe. I didn't have like as, I don't know. It wasn't, maybe it just missed the soundtrack that the first one had because the soundtrack was so like curated and so just like perfect. Mm-hmm. But that was like the only little gripe is that I had to, I felt like I had to tell people to go in with slightly tempered expectations God damn it, I'm sick and tired of hearing people complain to me about Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows and all this bullshit. I, 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 I
0: <laughs>
1: It is pretty much my existence now. People go, oh, Mr. Comic Book Boy, what the fuck are they doing in She-Hulk? They hate men? <laughs> Shit like that. Like, I, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sick and tired of it, too. These people—it's bullshit to sell toys, guys. <laughs> it's,
2: like it's like everybody thinks that just because they're, you know, like, oh, it has an agenda. No, it's just telling a story. There are millions and millions and millions of stories. There's as many stories out there. There are people. Just enjoy it. You know, close your eyes and think of England. Yeah. Don't get don't get mad over something. They're just getting mad at
1: bullshit, man. Just, just enjoy it. It's 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 stupid people wearing costumes, fighting people in the same costumes, just a different color. Fucking who cares? <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I mean I'm not looking for high art uh-huh. in Marvel. I'm not looking for high art in Star Wars, although I think Andor mm-hmm. is approaching that. I'm looking at am I entertained? Do I have a I had a really good time. It was yes. such a it was such a much better theater experience than Halloween ends for me, mm. which I walked out in the middle of, not because of the movie, but because of the people in the theater. Um, I was, I was glad to see that there were, so, they were showing it in so many theaters that, you know, you could have, you know, you could have had your, hi, I brought my kids and I'm not paying attention to them screening or, but everybody was really into the movie this time. And that's all I want from a Marvel from a Marvel movie. I don't want, you know, I don't need Shakespeare in. I don't need. I I guess we had Shakespeare in Thor in a way, but we don't need it, you know, like forsooth and all that in a Marvel movie. We just need. Are we gonna like have fun? And that you know that like like the mm-hmm. the Thor movies. I think those let's have fun with those. This is this is a like this is a stupid. Dumb blonde Norse god kind of thing, and he's kind of an idiot, but he's funny. Let's do that. Yeah, you know. And i I also wanted to talk about while we're talking about Marvel movies in general, we've had you know like there was a whole discussion about Letitia Wright, and you know, oh, she's anti-vax or she's showing up on set and causing turmoil or whatever. Let's hold that same energy for people like you know like Chris Pratt and next time the guardians of the galaxy movie comes out, you know, let's, let's, it just seems that sometimes our outrage at certain things that people do. I mean, they're just people, they're just actors and they're doing, they're entertaining us. And I tried to go in with that energy watching this movie. And I think that energy helped me as opposed to being like, Oh, I can't fucking stand her because she, you know, she did this or that. I, then that's what I'm trying to go into it with. Yeah.
0: I was extraordinarily skeptical. On top of having just you know all that stuff going in, and I was just very skeptical. And she's just she's so good. I was won over right away yeah. by, by just her, her range and emotionality. And uh, yeah, uh, that like that jarring opening sequence. She she holds it so so hard in that scene because it's such a great shuri from the first movie scene, but th- that seemed exactly like the character I remember exactly how she would react exactly where she would be in that moment, what she would be trying to do uh, really puts you right into the thing. And then uh, then she just carries it forward from there. I was really impressed. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, black Panther Wakanda forever?
2: Uh, I mean,
1: I, I I do kind of want to give props to the, uh, the, the costuming, like the costuming, like I I know I kind of mentioned something a little earlier, but like, Every single character was just straight dripping. Every single goddamn character just looked amazing. Like that is that is one thing they've they've made Wakanda look awesome, like awesome as fuck. And
2: I, I want Ruth Carter hope- to do the rest of the Marvel movies. I want yes. her to do everything. Yes. She's so good.
1: Yes. Oh my god, it was great. Like I'm I'm very excited for that uh that that Wakanda Disney Plus show now. Like I I can't wait. Like I want I want more of it. Like I want them to. Like
0: I want a section in Disney World now. Wakanda, Disney. Well, they have Wakanda, Illinois. I, am obsessed.
2: Wakanda, Illinois. Like, I, I, Wakanda, awesome. Illinois, oh, like well, there we Wakanda go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, <laughs> Wakanda, forever. Wakanda
1: forever. I haven't.
2: I haven't been so impressed with costuming in a movie since Trisha Biggar with the Star Wars prequels, where. Every costume told a story, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. I think that that's that's how good she did for this. Like I, that's how good she did for this entire franchise. So.
0: I'm definitely nominating her when it comes to the Critics' Choice uh, Awards. We've got a oh awards opportunity there, and obviously she'll be in the the Academy Award conversation as well. I think. Was oh, she nominated
1: yeah. for the I first hope. one? I don't remember.
0: I don't remember if there was if she was nominated for the first one or not, but uh, that movie did get a few nominations. I imagine it must have been in there somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, it had to have been. All I right, don't so remember here. the Oscars anymore. So.
0: Well, speaking of the Oscars, obviously uh, Lindsay Lohan has to be in that conversation. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Falling into Christmas stars Lindsay Lohan and Cord Overstreet as uh Partially the premise from Overboard, but not uh, the, <laughs> the idea here is that uh, she's a she's an heiress who wants to be an influencer who hits her head while skiing and uh, ends up at a tiny little ski lodge where cute Cordova Street is running the place. And he's got a cute little daughter and a, and a you know, benevolent mom figure and uh, just all of the lame possible tropes you could throw into one of these movies, uh, especially the just the establishing of the start of this movie is just headache inducing watching them <laughs> go through the motions of establishing her as this vacant uh, influencer wannabe who's you know uh, very very rich and privileged and and a jerk and it just all, all right off the bat i just hated this movie and it didn't do much after that to to win me back this is all very stock hallmark stuff that's been seen a, a billion times before and not particularly improved upon here, as much as I might like to see Lindsay Lohan do well after all that she's been through. What do you think of Jeff?
2: Um. Well, I. <laughs> okay. How am I gonna? I'm just gonna be sexist, just <laughs> I guess. But I think that this movie should have starred a 22 year old hmm. instead of a 36 year old. Um, I don't think this is a movie that does much right. Um, I get the feeling that they're going for, oh, let's do a cheesy Christmas Hallmark movie. This does not hit any note correctly. Um, I thought it was, it was vapid. Mm -hmm. She was, she's okay. Okay. Lindsay Lohan is not a bad actress, however, this this is one of those movies that she just she should stay far away from. Her she's Lindsay Lohan, she's a tabloid queen, she's a huge draw to people. I get that, but that also takes away from this movie. Again, this is a movie where the lead should be in her early 20s. That's an influencer her her fiance um, George Young, tad, he is 40 years old. I never bought him as an influencer because he needs to be 25. They need to be in their early 20s and I just don't understand why this plot like she was dropped into this plot. you know this would have, this should have been I don't know some Disney star yeah. who's still 20.
0: Yeah, definitely. It does. It does break the <laughs> the supposed immersion, if there were any in this movie. There, that would <laughs> certainly break. <laughs> it. Uh, Zach, did you watch this one?
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, yeah, I uh, I had I, I watched it pretty late last night, and I had to stop drinking beer because I was about to fall asleep. It was <laughs> it was a movie, man. Um, no, so I've, I've been I've been hearing about this all week. Like, I mean. My girlfriend was pretty excited about it. Cause Lindsay Lohan's back after everything. And, and for that part, you know, I'm happy that she seemed healthy and with it. And everything seemed like she seemed like she was having a good time. I wasn't, but someone was having a good time. Like, uh, I, I laughed my ass off. Cause I went in with knowing absolutely nothing. I knew the plot or not the plot, the name, I knew the picture and that was goddamn fucking it. And literally like 10 minutes in, not even 10 minutes in I turned and I looked at her and I'm like, all right, just guessing because I've seen a lot of Hallmark movies. Cause I, I lived with a white woman, my <laughs> mom, she loves Hallmark mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right. So the name's falling for Christmas. They're at a ski lodge. She's falling off. She's falling off something, bumping her head or she's going to fall off something and she's going to discover the meaning of christmas and then fucking santa claus showed up because some kids some kid wanted her dad to get laid i don't know what the hell is going on and like her her fiance was throwing off some mad Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow children vibes the entire goddamn movie. The entire movie.
0: Oh, that was, like, <laughs> I, I think that was the vibe he was going for at the very least, though. Oh,
1: my hopes. So. I mean, they, they tried. And like I know this movie is going to do well for Netflix. I've seen a lot of buzz on it on Twitter. Like, I've seen so many people talking about it. No one's talked about actually watching it, but everyone was excited to watch it. Um, but I I did laugh my ass off when she falls down, gets hurt, wakes up in the hospital. Her face is all like bruised and bashed up, and then literally the next scene she's perfectly fine. Literally the next scene she's fine, and my girlfriend's like, "Yeah, of course they're not going to make Lindsay Lohan look like that. Come on." <laughs> but
0: let's release this woman to this complete stranger we who she doesn't know yeah. and doesn't know her. Yeah this
1: guy that like vaguely recognizes her, he <laughs> talked to her literally the day before and spilt shit on her. There's no way he didn't forget. If I spilt like hot chocolate on like some like rich heiress's chest, I would remember it the next day. <laughs> like I'm not that stupid. She He had a meeting with her father yeah. literally the day before. I thought it was
2: going
0: to Santa- be overboard. Like it, like he's going to, oh, aha, it's the heiress. I'm going to teach her a lesson about, about yeah, family.
2: that would have been better. It would have been better. So she, that was the thing. My, my, my girlfriend thought that's what was going on. And I was like, no, there
1: was like a two second bit of dialogue earlier where he mentioned he doesn't even know who she is. <laughs>
2: for reason. I, th- she. this is a movie that it should have been one of those. She's a high, high, a big city lawyer who goes back to her hometown, you know, in her 30s. And what am I doing with my life? And then she meets Court Street. And, oh, you know, it's a slightly younger guy. I think he's kind of cute. Maybe maybe it's Christmas magic. And then her, you know, spoiler alert, gay fiance comes in back to the picture, which was totally out of left field and stupidly kind of homophobic. I didn't even
1: catch that part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He
2: hooked, he hooked up with a personal assistant at the end. They were going to go spend New Year's together.
1: Random. Random. Yeah. I was,
2: I, I was, I was like, an, an hour was deep, deep on
1: Marvel Snap at that point.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was, like, not gay, and then he was gay, and he was, I mean, he was stereotypically gay throughout the movie, you know, like, I'm an influencer, and I'm so perfect, and look at Mm -hmm. me, and yes, do I wish he was, because he's incredibly hot, but (laughs) I, he just, he was a vapid character who, I, I, this, this is, God, I hate this movie, (laughs) I, I just, it's like, I, the first thing I was distracted by how incredibly gray her teeth were next to that red lipstick in the very first scene that she was in. Yeah. And then
0: the choices in the makeup. Yeah.
2: You know, I'm like, that's not her. Co- she, no, stop, stop. And then, you know, Oh, my daddy wants me to come back and work for him and be an influence No, you're 36 years old. <laughs> you are 36. Year, you are a 36 year old strong woman and you need to do something different. You are not an heiress. You're not even even God forbid Ivanka Trump has a, her own business. You know? <laughs> I mean okay, she's slightly older. She's 40. So maybe in the next four years, Lindsay Lohan will, you know, get a bunch of Chinese patents. But I <laughs> I just don't I this was so terribly miscast. I don't mind Hallmark movies. They're fine. My brother-in-law loves them. Loves them. However there should this is this is the high pro, the high powered lawyer who goes back to her hometown that's who she is she's not this 20 year old influencer
0: yeah that was a that was a weird inclusion and and it definitely just it was so completely out of place especially you i think whoever made this had to be about 60 uh writing the dialogue <laughs> that they wrote and the choices that they made in in establishing her character early on like they had just just the the most vapid understanding of Instagram and whatnot. And like that, it would be like me trying to write that is basically what I'm saying. If I tried to write this character, she'd turn out exactly like this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to have been the casting director on this because I would have been like, Lindsay lohan what the fuck? No, we're not doing this. We're going to plug her into one of the other 36 Hallmark
0: <laughs> movies we're doing this year. Well, that's the thing, yeah. She's got a future in this, at the very least. I mean, th- I think they can do this every year with the, you know, the same, the same cast and a slightly different story. They probably okay. will.
2: American Christmas Story. Oh yeah,
1: that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what like i was an saying. Analogy, like Netflix up. is already pretty much like reality TV, dumb.
2: Well, and Court Overstreet Street is quite frankly oh, as okay, bad an actor as Doc. Yeah. So. They could do an American Horror Story type (laughs) Christmas thing every year because Port Overstreet is just forgettable and bland.
0: He is a sentient block of wood. That kid, blonde, block of wood with blonde hair,
2: (laughs) and a a smile bigger than Christmas itself.
0: And that uh, that child, (laughs) lovely. uh, She's but I mean, just just directed like every every moppet child in one of these movies. Yeah,
2: I. uh, This movie is just, it's not even a movie. It's a, it's a, oh my God, we've got to do something because we can get Lindsay Lohan really cheap. Let's throw in a Hallmark movie. Oh, this is not Hallmark material. Let's just throw it on Netflix. This
0: is a, I mean, the, this is such cobbled together out of out of the wrong parts. It's like overboard meets uh, uh, (laughs) what is it? Uh, The end of uh, the Jimmy Stewart movie. Uh, the famous. It's, one. A it's a
2: wonderful life.
0: Wonderful life, like <laughs> just slam those movies together in a blender and like take the pieces that you need and put that in, and then add in a whole bunch of influencer Instagram bullshit.
2: Yeah, forty-year-old Instagram,
1: Instagram and Santa for some fucking reason.
2: Oh Santa. yeah, that was. <laughs>
1: I'm. St- I'm still trying to figure that whole thing out. Like, I mean, I only hope if I end up being some 40-something widower, I only hope that that many people are trying to get me laid ahead. Like, Santa was trying to help him. Like, he just kept popping up, just, like, winking, and he's just like, like, it was, like yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stop laughing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I unapologetically love Christmas with the Cranks, because it's such a dumb movie, and G- Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, okay? Mm-hmm. But that whole, like, is this is Austin Pendleton Santa or what? That was that that was the same energy. Oh, I forgot. About you know that, that was the same energy as this movie. It was like, is this guy Santa or what? Is he? Why is he living in this ski town? Why is he selling chestnuts? <laughs> Doesn't he? Shouldn't he be making toys? It just <laughs> every.
0: Is, every this, getting card- what's up? Card- over Street? Laid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like they, it's like they put plot points in a bingo machine and they just drew them out one by one. Oh, Eris. Okay, uh, hardworking. Guy who inherited a snow lodge. Okay, great. Uh, Instagram influencer. Wait, who do we have as a cast? Yeah. Oh, Santa, magical Santa, and a little girl who wants to get her dad laid. Okay. (laughs) Put them all out there. Just write these points.
0: Yeah, this movie's awful. It's it's uh, but not entirely unwatchable. Like I, I managed to watch the whole thing while doing many many other things. I think I wrote a review of something else while it was on. Uh, so I didn't find it terribly unpleasant. It's just bad.
2: Yeah, it's it's worse than your average Hallmark movie, and that's saying something. It's like where's Rachel Bilson?
0: <laughs> She's way too good for this. <laughs> Zach, Agreed. any final thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, was, i laughed a lot. This is—I I, I did enjoy watching this, but not for the right reasons and this was a good hour and a half of Marvel snap on my phone <laughs> like, that's about it that's all i can really say it's uh what was up with that fucking poacher what was up with that
0: dude best character in the movie for me <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and then they're like they're like oh we arrested him again for poaching on government land then why did you let him build a fucking shack <laughs> like, what was going on Like, I, whatever whatever
2: no like, let's it is what wait. it is. What are we? What's what's missing from this movie? Oh, Ted Kaczynski. Yep. Let's <laughs> throw Ted Kaczynski in a in a Netflix Christmas movie with Lindsay Lohan. Come on.
1: Oh, it's so dumb.
2: <laughs> a, a, a bingo ball. Let's oh let's put Ted Kaczynski on this bingo plot ball and there oh my god, it came out. I guess we have to throw him in there somewhere. Here's his "Well <laughs> Made Shack." There would have made more sense if he was also heard Santa. It to you.
0: Right now there's a per- Pure Flix movie where that guy is is like played by Brian Bosworth and and it's just him and the influencer guy and see him teaching him about life and Christmas and and how to be a better man but through, oh, through it's, that, you know, it's, an ex, it's
2: an ex-gay movie <laughs> <It's Pure laughs> Flix doing, we're gonna teach this guy not to be gay <laughs> by showing him how to do manly things and the funded by the Trump not,
1: administration <laughs>
2: Kevin Sorbo produces it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we, we Bosworth and Scott Bayo. We just wrote that movie um, from the creator
1: of God's Not Dead, Guy's Not Gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I watched a movie called Spirited. I was shocked to see that this movie had come out. Uh, Apple TV does the worst job of telling anybody that they're releasing a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. How do you screw up having a movie <laughs> promoting a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell that's actually pretty good? It's uh, essentially they've taken the Christmas story thing and they've taken it to a modern age. But they've got a little twist in that uh, now the ghost of Christmas present is Ebenezer Scrooge, which is uh, Will Ferrell's character. Uh, then he's working with Marley and the other ghosts to try and reform people in the modern age. And it's also a musical. And the music is very on the nose. And obviously, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds are great singers. But they pull it off well with so much panache and so much excitement and so much energy that I didn't mind. There's a lot of really good things about this movie other than the marketing, which again, did either of you have any idea this was coming out at all? No, <laughs> so this I, makes a- I...
2: I'll go for it, Jeff. Uh, this makes a lot more sense. My friend, Robbie, wrote a book and was on the Today Show this week. And my friend, Katie, actually took a picture with those two. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what they're on the Today Show for. No idea this was coming out. <laughs> I, had, I, I just like I have. This is the first I'm hearing about it because I guess I don't watch enough Apple TV Plus.
0: I I, Zach, did you hear anything I about this?
2: No, no. I mean, like I was telling you the other day, I, that's the only app we
1: don't have. Like, even when we did have it, I forgot that we fucking had it. Like, we watched okay. like the midsummer director's cut, and then that was it. Like, pretty much. Um, I, I saw an ad for it on Facebook like three days ago, and then you talked about it, and I'm like, fuck, was that, is that good? Because <laughs> it did look good. Like, um, no, I. I, they're they're bad about it. I mean, I didn't even know. I didn't even know until right now that it was a, a Christmas Carol story. Like I didn't. Fuck. I, I was I was so caught up on the fact that we're getting the full cut of the Muppets Christmas Carol like in like two weeks. Like that was that was my highlight. But um, no, I'll have to check this out.
0: Strange. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. the the The, the gags that they come up with. Uh, Will Ferrell hasn't been good in a movie for me in about twelve years, and this is the first time I've actually enjoyed him in that long. Uh, he's actually very good in this and, uh, him and Ryan Reynolds are terrific together. They've got great chemistry. The, the story is incredibly predictable. and You know exactly where this is heading. This is not trying to surprise you. It just does. It takes that idea and does the best possible movie with it, even as you know, what's going to happen and, uh, you know, making it, making that work the way they do is really impressive. It's just bizarre to me. I can't get past it. This is t- two out of the last three weeks. Apple TV has released one of the best movies going this at this moment and have failed to tell anybody about it. Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry is one of my favorite movies of the year. They told nobody about it. Wait a minute. I've I've never never heard heard of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) I don't hate Apple. I'm, I'm like, we're doing this and I'm on my iMac. I don't, but I just don't understand why they're not everywhere. Do they just, I don't, I don't get it because that's not, I'm, you would I'm think so that distracted. they would be promoting this stuff.
0: I'm so distracted by, by the fact that they didn't tell anybody they were releasing this movie. I I've been waiting for this movie cause I knew about it and I've been kind of anticipating it at some point. I thought, uh, like I thought they'd do a brief theatrical maybe, and, you know, try and drum up interest that way. And, uh, then I saw on YouTube, one of my fellow critics had done a review of him. like, is that coming out this week? That can't be this week. That's, they've got a long lead on this. They broke the embargo or something. No, it, it came out Friday, and nobody knew it. <laughs> and I, this is like, it's a really good movie, and they told no one about it for some reason. And it just, It's distracting me from just the fact that this is a good movie, and I'm happy to tell people to go see it. But why? Why did they do this? <laughs> I don't understand.
1: The only thing you ever hear from Apple is them talking about Ted Lasso. Like you don't ever actually hear them promote, like, like mythic quest season three also started this week. And I saw a bunch of people on Reddit talking like, fuck mythic quest just dropped. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're not promoting. Like literally like I'm on my iPhone right now. Like they can, barge into my privacy and tell me this stuff's coming out and i'll be like oh okay cool, cool. i don't care <laughs> they need to promote like i i i don't know what's going on in that app but they're feeling empowered it's just a mystery to me
0: they feel empowered by the fact that they picked up uh, the best picture winner last year um which is now escaping me um uh, really wonderful film about a about a deaf family uh won multiple academy awards and i can't remember the title now they had that movie back in march of last year dropped it in june <laughs> and told nobody and then it came around and thankfully it was so good that it was you know still around when the oscars came up that it became a became a phenomenon and i think they've just been empowered by the fact that hey i think we can just do that we can just drop things out there and eventually people will find them and we don't need to spend any money on ad campaigns or telling anybody about it
2: yeah i don't i i i uh, (coughs) coda is the movie by the way um i i don't understand i don't know what their strategy is i don't i mean (laughs) again i've never heard that jennifer lawrence had a new movie coming out you would think one of the biggest movie stars in the world would be everywhere
0: Especially in a no very idea. good movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I'm like, I I forget about Apple TV Plus so much that I just, I was like, what is Apple charging me $6 a month for? Oh, I oh, okay, great. Um, let me cancel that because I don't, you know, they never have anything and if they do, they don't talk about it. So, I guess I have to like find a way to watch this.
0: Yeah, I recommend uh, Spirited and especially causeway, causeway, like one of the best movies of the year. Honestly, that good, that level of good movie and (laughs) just told nobody about it. Uh, Netflix is kind of getting that way because I totally, I totally missed out on the fact that they released Enola (laughs) Holmes two, uh, two weeks ago. I was totally surprised by that. Uh, and I liked the first Enola. two weeks ago? Yeah. It's been up for two weeks now. (laughs) (laughs) Like Netflix is trying to kind of do the same thing as Apple, apparently just kind of uh, dropping things at random. Uh, I really like the original Enola Holmes. Uh, this is uh Millie Bobby Brown is the star with uh, Henry Cavill in the background as Sherlock Holmes. She's his little sister. She's uh, investigating her own thing. She's becoming her own detective. And I just love Millie Bobby Brown. I normally what I would get annoyed by, she actually makes work uh, things like turning to the camera and, and the, that in the fourth view in a lot of other movies, I would be irritated about that. But she is so charming <laughs> that I was all, I was perfectly all right with it. And I just love this evolution of Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill began his career as an actor I thought I was going to dread for the rest of my life. I oh, in the him, Hellraiser sequel. I mean, I saw him in a movie with uh, with Bruce Willis uh, pre aphasia Bruce Willis years ago. He was still in his autopilot phase and. Kind of sending things directly to DVD, but uh, he, Henry Cavill was the he delivered one of the worst performances I've seen by an actor in that movie. And then, it, you know, Superman came out as like he's fine. He's he's the least interesting element of a super Superman movie. <laughs> he is Superman, but I uh, he made it. He was serviceable, and he just kept getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and a little bit better. And now he's just so come into himself that I I really look forward to seeing him now, which is. Very surprising to me, and a trick that Gerard Butler completely failed to pull off. He's gone the complete opposite direction. Uh- <laughs> well, Henry Cavill
2: picks interesting things. This this was interesting. I, I when you said we were going to do this, and I said, okay, great. I'd never seen the first Nola Holmes. I just and I watched it the other night, and I was like, oh, I really like I really like Millie Bobby Brown. I think she's great. Um, I think she's funny, and she's going to be a really great actor someday. Henry Cavill, I had no idea he was in that movie. I was just like, oh, holy shit, that's Henry Cavill. He makes interesting choices now. Um, I uh, The Superman movie, you know, the fact that he's coming back as Superman, apparently. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. DC has no idea what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> but Okay, Henry Cavill is serviceable as Superman. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was really good in the first one. The second one, he was fine in this new one he was fine but he didn't have you know all he had to do was figure out that oh this is all moriarty you know his nemesis but that's all he really had to do through this whole movie
0: that's my part that's kind of my favorite part of enola holmes though is that in both films like uh, sherlock is actually making a sherlock movie like henry cavill feels like he's being sherlock holmes while you're not while he's not on screen. Whereas Enola Holmes is focused on we're focused on her mystery and what she's trying to solve. It's almost as if he's actually making a Sherlock movie. We're just not seeing it. I kind of, I kind of mm-hmm. love that about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Zach, what do you think?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I I I was I'm in the same boat. I didn't watch the first Enola Holmes. I kind of wish I did when it came out, because we watched I watched both of them yesterday and I had a fucking blast um yeah millie bobby brown like i, I this i was the same reaction when she first started turning to the camera i'm like fucking great here we go we're doing this they started they started off with like the weird like picture placement cutaways and stuff and i'm like oh son of a bitch we're doing the the, the, the teenage thing again like mm-hmm. god damn it they got me but they won me over man uh, henry cavill like I, that is one thing i did i did love how his sherlock was in the background like solving the whole case and by the time already fucking done. Like it it's not about him. That second one just as fun. I I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It kept my attention. I didn't touch my phone once, which is hard <laughs> for me. <laughs> um but uh I I also kind of uh, uh Henry Cavill broke my heart this year. So I was uh unsure on whether or not I'd be able to withstand him. He, uh... <sighs> he's leaving The Witcher and he's sticking us with Liam fucking Hemsworth just so he can go play Superman with James Gunn. I get it. I'm excited with him and James Gunn partnering up doing a Superman thing. I don't care. That's cool. But do we have to screw up The Witcher? God damn it. We were promised seven seasons of Henry Cavill Witcher shit because him as Daryl of Rivia was like literally, literally the perfect casting that, that hurt i thought netflix would kill it before he did and now hemsworth liam fucking hemsworth man that, that was a bummer are you not a fan um, of liam
2: hemsworth but back to <laughs> no no not at all
1: man not at all like i'd rather <laughs> like fucking you're gonna throw him it's him or fucking scott eastwood in a movie i'm immediately
2: i'm out man i to me, the most interesting like, thing Liam Hemsworth has the ever done are famous. is <laughs> <Miley> Cyrus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> but um, no. So did uh, she. <laughs> but uh, no, Anola Holmes too it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Um, I like. I like that these movies both had a lot of like twists and turns that I wasn't quite expecting. Like, uh, like the mom character actually being like kind of pretty, pretty heavily involved in the second movie and like how she was kind of like a kind-hearted domestic terrorist and stuff like that. Like it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, 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 I couldn't recommend this high enough. Like it was, it was a good movie.
2: They used Helena Bonham Carter in exactly the right amount. Yeah. both movies um she tends to take over when she's in a movie to me uh you know fight club she delivered the absolute 100 best line in that movie that i'm not going to say here because it's so dirty um <laughs> i think we all know what i'm talking about <laughs> oh yeah you know she's anything she's in she just kind of you know bellatrix lestrange and harry potter movies she's just completely steals focus every time
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i think that this was just the perfect amount of Helena bottom Carter
0: absolutely and mm-hmm. the, the she just seems to be having so much fun doing what she's doing and the 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 way that they utilize her is so clever uh those cutaways to to anola as a child and kind of uh, underlining why mm-hmm. she's able to do what she does is really it's really smart it's a really great way to under, underline this character and invest in her and allow us to invest in her further uh, really great to provide her I love the first movie first just to, for the way that they layer in her backstory so very very well it's totally believable that that Enola you know, was trained all her life to be who she is and uh, you would definitely buy that her mom did all, everything that she did and bringing her back this time and using her the way they do I thought was just wonderful
2: yeah I agree I just I I I loved everybody in this cast. And I this is not I'm not the target demographic for this movie. There I'm just not. Uh But I enjoyed this so much more than I enjoyed Lindsay Lohan's movie and I'm a 50-year-old gay man. I should love Lindsay Lohan. Oh my god. (laughs) But I was like, oh, this because I, I I watch Stranger Things, it's fine. I love it, you know, parts of it. Uh, but I never really got anything from Millie Bobby Brown in that until last season where she never popped off the screen for me because it was such an ensemble. And I mean, let's face it, Winona Ryder's in it. Mm-hmm. And I am a 50-year-old gay man. Um, but <laughs> I'm at the point now where Millie Bobby Brown is like, oh, I want to see her in more. If They talked about recasting Princess Leia in Star Wars with her. And I was like, what? And now I'm like, oh. Okay, if they did a Disney Plus series where it was like the adventures of young Princess Leia.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm cool with that. I would get on board with that.
1: I can you see know, it. I just yeah.
2: Like, the uh, being told to us by uh, Lieutenant Connix, Billy Lord. Oh, my mom told me these stories, you know, like, oh, Leia told me these stories of when she was young. And then, you know. Yeah. The framing device of I'm that. Cool, I bro. was just like, oh.
0: But... Good idea.
2: She just, I she jumped off of this, off the screen every time she was on. I actually bought the mm-hmm. chemistry between her and Tewksbury, mm-hmm. you know, because it was natural; it wasn't forced. Like she Lindsay Lohan him, and
0: Carter I thought he was screen. a little bit. He was a little bit off for me, but she makes him better, and he seems to come alive in front of her very well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did like to see David Thulis playing a little bit against type because normally he's the the kind one mm-hmm. and watching him be basically the villain was, was great.
0: Yeah, that was a, he, and he was scary. He, he was kind of scary at times. I love that. They, they gave him a lot to do and they gave him a lot of, uh, he get, he got to keep up uh, as well as the character could. I was really impressed with the, with the chase scene, especially. I didn't think that was going to, I thought they were just going to cut away as soon as they got away. And then they kept that scene going and, Created an even better action scene out of that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: I I do think think it's funny. Oh,
1: before it. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say I do think it's funny that like in both movies, like Adola, like brutally murders someone, (laughs) like brutally murders someone, and they just like "Eh, it's fine. She's cool. She's a badass, and then they just move on.
2: I do think they could have cut about 10 minutes out of the second one. Mm-hmm. This one, I think just a little tighter. Yeah. A couple edits here and there. Other than that, I really enjoyed it.
0: It should be. Yeah. Movies like this probably shouldn't be over two hours long, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel the two hours. So I've, I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad about that one. I didn't feel that one. Uh, I,
2: I, th- just I think her. a little shorter is good for almost any movie. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, The, uh, what did Coco Chanel say? When you, before you leave the house, take off one accessory. That's kind of how I feel about (laughs) movies. You know, before you put it out in the theaters, take off, see if you can cut 10 minutes out of it. Unless it's like The Strangers Pray at Night, where even with the credits, it was only an hour and 28 minutes. But but that movie was actually good. And like the second Mm -hmm. time I watched it, I enjoyed it. So
0: I did not, but that, you know, that's me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> well we have differences of opinions on horror movies but
0: true
2: i enjoyed it for what it was mm-hmm. where i, I full, think this full stranger's
1: been, movies are badass
2: this this movie could have been about 10 minutes shorter and i think it would have gotten the same point across uh even wakanda forever i think that could have been 10 minutes shorter yeah even oh shit i think shorter. they're
1: gonna come yeah, like 20, 30 minutes. Like there was a lot of a lot of extra stuff. That was cool. Nice world building, now, but like save it for Disney Plus.
2: And Falling for Christmas, they could have cut out an hour and a half of that movie and it would have been perfect.
0: <laughs> the the entire movie, yes. yes. <laughs> a, a music video with her in Over Street, and there you're done.
2: <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. They can both sing. Oh, yeah. Just do a just do a, a do a song called "Falling for Christmas," telling a little bit of a story, and it would have been fine. Would've oh been God, I don't, I, I don't think I could
1: have. I don't think I could have lasted three minutes for that or whatever the fuck. I, I, I <laughs> couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
2: I would. I would have rather had that than an hour and a half of. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm an and I totally don't get it. Let me make up the beds and help out the staff. I'm a better person. <laughs> Because I made a bed, yay! Or or Lindsay Lohan says, "I'm a better person because I made a bed for somebody." <laughs> Where don't are the other smoke, going? Don't smoke. Don't smoke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I don't smoke. Um, <laughs> let's move on. To our do classic. I? Uh, <laughs> years ago. Uh, the movie <laughs> Casablanca was released, and it is it is incredible to me that a movie can be released eighty years ago to zero expectations from its director, and still be today one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, this is of course a, a classic story about uh, about lost love, about uh, the world, about World War II, about the sacrifices that one makes to do the you know to do the bigger, better thing. Uh, Humphrey Bogart, of course, stars as Rick. He's the owner of Rick's Cafe. It's this place that is uh, in Casablanca where everybody goes, uh, where gambling is not taking place (laughs) at any time. (laughs) Uh, It's just an absolutely ingenious plot where he uh, ends up reconnecting with Ingrid Bergman, his former love who is married to this man that she thought was dead, but now he turns out to not be dead, played by Paul Henry, who happens to be a leader of the resistance, uh, against the Germans, really just incredible film. And the thing about it is, is, that director Michael Curtiz at the time just thought he was making another programmer. He just thought this is just another assignment. I'll, I'll dash this off, and I'll go on to the next movie I'm going to make of the 52 that I'm going to make in 1942, which he made 20-some-odd movies in 1942 to 1943. Uh, he didn't participate in post-production on this movie at all. Uh, just as soon as he was done, he walked away. And that he managed to create one of the all-time lasting classics is just, to me, a testament to his amazing talent, but also just a testament to how how great this story is and the, the amazing chemistry between uh, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman just gets me every time when they start talking about, when they start talking about Paris and then they go into the flashback and it, it gets me just emotional. And and I feel the, the romance and the excitement of it every time. And, and then that ending is just, it's just too perfect. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of Casablanca?
2: Uh, I was going to try to rewatch it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but I remember watching it as a kid because my friend's dad loved it and they had just gotten a VCR and let's, let's watch this movie. And I was maybe 13 and I was just, Oh my God, why am I watching a black and white movie? And over the years it's, you know, it's gained such a, uh, such a reputation for being like the best, one of the best movies ever made that I always, I was like, eh, I don't know. It's no Friday the 13th, part three. Um, but, <laughs> but, sorry. <Sean. laughs> okay. The final chapter. Anyway. Um, no, I just, the, <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies that you just, it's kind of like required reading or required watching. And then it just sucks you in. You know, it's like, it's like when you get homework that you have to do, but you, when it's a subject you're interested in uh-huh. um you know they're like the there's so many little classic moments of it of you know like you must remember this as time goes by that you know that it's it's always going to be iconic
0: uh-huh.
2: so, like millie bobby brown
0: <laughs> exactly iconic. what are your memories of Casablanca? Uh, <laughs> blog i know it's been a while since you've seen it
1: Oh God. I re- remember, uh, I remember actually being into it because uh, I watched this. Man, it's been, we were, I was t- taking a, a film and lit class. I've, I've mentioned it on this podcast a few times. We had to watch like. Listen, Kane. And, uh, I fucking hated it. And I still stand on that Hill and I'm going to die on that Hill. And then they were like, after that, they're like, all right, we're going to watch Casablanca. And I'm like, fucking christ here we go again another one actually enjoyed the hell out of it um i don't remember a whole lot i haven't revisited i've seen like chunks because we were playing it at the theater for a little while when i was when i was there it was like one of the classics they were doing and i remember i popped in and watched about 20 minutes of it and i I, it's one of the meaning to i was actually thinking about going back to it this week um i was Trying to decide if I wanted to spend money on that, if I wanted to spend money on the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie that came out this week, and I decided to do neither. So <laughs> um, uh, it's something I, I do. I do want to go back to because I want to. I also speaking of the Citizen Kane thing, I do want to re- it, too because I need to see if I actually like it now. Almost Thirty year old man getting old. Um, oh, I, I I I I liked it. I remember the ending was just. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's i don't a, remember a whole uh, lot about casablanca
0: it's such a perfect movie i mean just every beat uh, from uh, when peter laurie is introduced and the papers of transit get introduced and uh just all these side characters are just so colorful uh but they never pull focus because bogart is such a such a strong center to the whole thing uh so you've got all this color around him and then the contrast between between Bogart and Paul Henry, where Paul Henry is is you know very handsome but also very reserved and not particularly charismatic. You can sense why he's a, a valiant leader, but you can also sense why women would be drawn to Rick <laughs> and I. Uh, and kind of secretly, you sort of root for Rick as that uh, as that sort of uh, that 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 rebellious character. You kind of want him to take the girl because it just seems like she and him belong together. Uh, but also that. That he knows what's what's best in that moment uh, for for the revolution for you know for what's going to be best for the entire world at this point uh, that he sacrifices himself in that way is so lovely uh, that that uh, it doesn't seem like a type of a character trait that this character would have and that he does it you know just shows that's his arc that's his growth and uh, again I keep going back to Curtis and the way he treated this like he just didn't like he didn't care about it while he was making it. Uh, He got he got thrown into it uh, in in a way with when it came down with, uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan and Jane Wyman initially that were going to star in it. Uh, And obviously went to that. (laughs) (laughs) Then he gets Bogart and Bergman. And uh, I I don't know if he knew exactly what he had with it when he he did it. But uh, it certainly turned out something that is just unbelievable. I watched it twice. Ah, uh, this week because I got the 80th edition 4K Blu-ray edition because I had to because it's one of my all-time favorite films and I watched it and I, and I watched it with Roger Ebert's commentary again because I haven't heard Roger's voice in in so many years and uh, it's just it's so incredible the whole the whole the whole set is just amazing with all these various documentaries and of course Lauren Bacall's involvement uh, in in when she was uh, introducing it and talking about Bogart and. His, his approach to acting, it's just, it's incredible. And I I wish everybody would get their hands on this. It's such an amazing thing to have. And, you know, there there aren't many movies that have lasted 80 years. There are some, but there aren't that many, especially that have, that don't feel like, well, like you said, like it doesn't feel like homework watching Casablanca. It feels like, it feels like a movie that could exist in any time. Uh, and imagine just, it was so timely when it came out, uh, even though it was not necessarily uh, well thought of when it came out, it, uh, it it won people over. It came back around again. It's got a wonderful story in that way. There's just so much history and life and romance to it. I just I, I get sucked up into it every time.
2: Yeah, I, I was fully planning on watching it again um for this recording, but it's one of those ones that even though like oh we're gonna we're talking about it and then we're gonna you know I'll forget about it for a while. I. I actually pulled it out of the case so that I can rewatch it even after talking about it again. So it's been a long time. Any final thoughts? We'll always have Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have Lindsay Lohan ski lodge.
1: Oh, it's
2: not going anywhere. Unfortunately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the most memorable thing you're taking away from this week's show Is how bad that movie is
1: well, Yeah, it's 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 a trip
2: <laughs> Down a mountain <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, backwards <laughs> um, Sean, have you watched any of Andor yet?
0: No, I have not but if you two want to go crazy oh, nerd on it, go right ahead. We get a little time, and we don't have flick chart this week. Oh, too. bro! Why don't we make that the post show? You two guys and, go on Andor.
1: <laughs> Andor, like, like I, I kind of, I, I, I was telling people, like, for you know, last like six months or so leading into, it, I'm like, I have a feeling Andor is going to be dope. We got it's a dual story about.
2: About, about, Uh-oh.
1: about. Known <laughs> who was kind of like our queen. We <laughs> well, it's like they're uh, they're like gonna you know did, did I cut out the wrong there yeah yeah we missed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. that whole thing my uh, my Wi Fi is acting a little wonky right now. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so um, I kept Jesus like, Christ in it. Don't spoil people. it. I haven't mentioned that. And, episode, like, oh, man. we're gonna... <laughs> oh, hey, Jesus Christo. Um, no, so I was, I was kind of hyping it up for people. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know it's a story about this, like, random character from Rogue One and all that. But, like, on the other end, like, we have, like, our, our, our queen, our, like, our, our, our lovely Mon Mothman. I'm like, we're going to get this, like, badass story about the rebellion. And then, like, no one started, no one was excited about it. And goddamn it, dude! This show is like the sleeper hit of the year. The show is so good. Like the acting's amazing. Andy Circus popped up randomly, and that dude—that dude can act like a son of a bitch, man.
2: Like, like I'm sure Jeff can tag me up on this. Like, so for me, Andor is a very slow bird, oh and God. I, I, I've, I've been moving and like trying to get settled and stuff. So I haven't really been able to sit down and watch it. I will. Occasionally, I'll you know I'll watch it on my iPad a little bit at a time, and it's one of those shows where I'm like, okay, I have to really sit down and I have to like binge watch this first season because there's so much going on under the radar. Uh-huh. Uh, so far, my oh, favorite story is Mon Mothma, and I don't know, you know, I mean, I know that it's partially because it's a legacy character from the original trilogy and the prequel series that she was never actually in but i watched all those deleted scenes thinking oh this is what i want i want the political intrigue and then we get it in this show and you know the petty squabbles and stuff that she has with her husband and her daughter you know trying to like balance it all while still trying to build this rebellion um i it's it it is a slow burn that's what i tell people they're like oh do you like andor Yes, but you really have to pay attention, and you really oh, yeah. have to let it fester a little bit because you're not. You're it's not a, you know, it's not full action all the time. You're it's not Obi Wan Kenobi rushing around, you know, trying to save the princess. It's you know, it's much slower, and it tells. It tells everybody says, "Oh, I just want to you know a work a day kind of story in the Star Wars universe." Well, this tells that story. This tells you know about a guy who is not really anybody. And then he becomes somebody and this is how we get there. So, and it's a little bit of, you know, it does, does somebody decide one day that, Oh, I'm going to be a rebel. No, a bunch of shit happens to make them hit that point, And that's where Andor is in this series.
1: Yeah. It's like the way I keep explaining it to people who haven't seen it is like, so the Mandalorian uh obi-wan all that stuff that's like a like a western or you know uh obi-wan got a little like samurai there for a little bit but those are like the action pack stuff this is game of thrones like this is the one where it's like you actually like have to pay attention because especially like there's a lot of stuff with like the uh the imperial security bureau the ISB and like they're they're including all of them and like there's like this whole like back and forth with all these officers that i know like for a lot of the that I hate using this term, but a lot of like the, like, like the casuals, like the casual fans, probably it's going to go over their heads because there's, there is a lot of dense, like stuff. That's been more for, for years for, for us, like star Wars dorks. Like we, we know a lot of the background stuff, but now like actually getting like characters and like seeing what Mon Mothma has to do like with the Senate and like have her like sneaking around, trying to like build up her rebellion and shit like that. Like I, I I can't imagine like, there's some friends of mine that I've told that haven't started yet. I've told them straight up. Like, I don't know if you should binge this one, maybe do like one or two episodes at a time and pace it out because it's not, it's not action packed. There's like, like this last episode was pretty action heavy, but it's, it's very much a spy thing thriller about just normal people doing this whole rebellion thing and i i have wanted this for so long like rogue one i still hold as I, I, I this one's hard like i can't tell between that and empire which one's my favorite but rogue one is like so goddamn high up up there for me and this this whole this whole andor thing has just been amazing i'm glad we're getting a guaranteed two seasons because they filmed all 24 episodes together. Like I'm, I'm glad like people are complaining that it's slow, but fuck it. We're still getting it anyway. I don't care. It can't get canceled because it's already done. <laughs>
2: like, well, oh, the thing for oh, me, it's so much fun. Like star Wars TV is there's so much for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people who are like, well, I hate this because it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that. And it's a, this one's too slow. This one doesn't, you know, isn't the same character that I love from the movies. This one is, you know, the best thing that ever happened to star Wars and everybody is different and everybody has different interests. And, you know, one of the things I liked about the prequels was this political intrigue and the behind the Mm -hmm. scenes story that you knew was going on. But now you see that and you see how mundane and how, Fascism really is just a bunch of people trying to outmaneuver each other behind the scenes, but it's still, you know, the people that participate in fascism are still the people that are in endless cubicles across the world, across the universe. And the fact that they they are telling that story to show people how kind of mundane it can be, it's not all you know, pew, pew. It's, there's a lot of, Oh God, I'm stuck at this desk and my mom is, you know, yelling at me and I'm just so frustrated. Um, Yeah. I'm so frustrated by my life. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to be even worse. Um, And I love the fact that his mother is played by the lady who played Mrs. Fig in the Harry Potter movies. Because mm-hmm. not, you know in those <laughs> ways, she's just like this, just like, oh, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to. And now she's just like nagging, harping voice that tells him he's not good enough, and it's just so like it's a.
1: Yeah, like they spent like half an episode with her just being like oh you lost your job your uncle's real popular over here your uncle's doing really well like (laughs) that whole thing was so much fun to watch and it felt so weird being in like a star wars like this is fucking star wars this is like a disney like what disney's arguably like their biggest property and we're getting like (laughs) this whole subplot where this dude's just getting nagged by his mom and i'm like Holy shit I feel that <laughs> like, would I like,
2: um, would I want to see this in a movie? I would no. want to see one scene of it in a movie kind of setting up who the character is. Would I want to see an entire movie about it? No, but I would love to see an episode about it you oh, know or yeah. I'll have a good portion of an episode over a longer story because it flushes everybody out. Um, I I like the Mandalorian the Mandalorian season two, it's getting a little cameo heavy Mm -hmm. and
1: Filoni's getting crazy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little like, okay, Dave, let's pump the brakes on, you know, you get your own Ahsoka series. We don't have to have Ahsoka in every episode of the Mandalorian. Um, Same with book of Boba Fett. I, I liked that. I thought that was an interesting take on a character who wasn't a character. He was an action figure. Mm -hmm. He was not, you know, he was that blank slate that everybody put themselves on. So they were like, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing because in their head canon, oh. he was this huge badass who, you know, he was just going to bring him in cold or, you know, like, but he was a little more complex and people didn't like that. And I think the same people who did not like the complexity that they gave Boba Fett are the same people who are bitching about how complex and slow Andor is. And I, to those people, I just want to say, fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. I've had to listen to so many
1: people bitch about Boba Fett. Thank oh. you so goddamn much. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I love it. I know, I get it. I understand. Like, I too wanted to see Boba Fett doing crazy shit, but like, I also a goddamn really the
2: fact was just like a broken a down rancle. dude. Yeah. I, what yeah. the fuck? Like, we have to see that no. other. What yeah. else do you want? He's like, auto, He's riding a rancor. For yeah. God's sake, dude. So. I'll
1: take. I'll take a couple episodes of slow build just so we can get him riding a rancor and goddamn motherfucking Luke Skywalker training a Jedi on Yavin, dude. Like,
2: fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> my only problem. My only ugh. problem with that. My only problem with that. That should have been the first episode of season three of The Mandalorian, not the book of Boba Fett.
1: I agree. They didn't have an. They but didn't have enough. I do up
2: think- to the Boba Fett finale to do that. They had to have you know that. Sh- I I think that that was my only issue. Was it just has to? There's just they relied too much on the cameos of Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and in that episode. I, that plus I didn't. I, I want a season without Grogu because yeah. you know. I mean. Okay, he's fine.
0: Somewhere, uh, our good friend Josh Adams is crying, listening to this, and just <laughs> really, really enjoying himself, <laughs> crying happy tears because he's never heard this much oh. Star Wars talk on the
1: show. We got. <laughs> Let's do. We a- got this for you, bud. I'm watching. I'm watching Tales of the Jedi later today. I've been putting that off for a couple weeks, so. Oh, and it's gonna take we, you like we we half an j- hour. Oh, oh, trust me. That's we've been busy. <laughs>
2: I think we need to do a Patreon episode that where we, just, that came out. we all talk about Star Wars and Bob just sits there stewing yes. the whole time.
1: Oh, oh my god! Can we do? Can we just do like the the Star Wars Kenny Omega Power Hour?
2: Fine by me. We can
1: we can discuss all about CM Punk at all out and
0: <laughs> all that fun shit. All right, we'll get Josh back for that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys, you guys, have, I don't know if you read the books because you'll need to read books to be.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, homie. We're bringing We're bringing in the books.
0: <laughs> this, this is going to yeah. be a fucking long <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, Zach. Anytime. Jeff, of course, uh, tell people about your art. Tell people where they can get your art.
2: Uh, you can go to, there's links to everything, my tea Public and my Etsy shop at JeffLasseter.com. Um, I'll link it on the page. Um, Trying to ramp up for Christmas right now. I got a print sale going on. You can buy your book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian print. I'll post that on the page. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You can get that. I'm not going to do any artwork for Lindsay Lohan because maybe Mean Girls, but not this not falling for Christmas. I'm sorry to all you fangirls and boys out there.
0: Maybe you could do one for me where you put, where you take Rick's cafe and you put it somewhere in the star Wars universe. There you
2: go. (laughs) Well, you know that the, the TV show that George Lucas was developing and they'd written scripts for, and they'd done some test footage for was about the underworld of Coruscant. Yeah. And they are talking now, apparently about kind of resurrecting that idea. So There's always room for Rick's cafe.
0: Absolutely. I'm down
2: there. And there was Madame Garza, her cantina rest in peace. Did a whole (laughs) Jennifer Beals piece. And then she goes and gets herself blown up. Thanks a lot. Um, But Max Rebo made it out. Okay. That's all I care about.
0: (laughs) Zach, anything you want to (laughs) add? Yeah. Little little awful boy.
1: Uh, ah, Then I mean, it's, been, it's always been great talking to you guys like I'll, I'll i'm always down to come back and uh yeah definitely jeff hit me with one of the links so i definitely want to check out that uh that that six six star wars art
2: <laughs> i will do that
0: all right guys thank you thanks oh, yeah. all right yeah, no problem see you boys